All right, so today I am playing the counter argument. I'm going to tell you guys, well, I'm not going to tell you to do something because I won't tell you to do anything, but I'm going to suggest that you do something that we typically talk about doing the opposite of, and that today is selling your home. What does it make sense to sell your home? And not just your home, also your properties, your real estate, this sort of thing. So all the uh, real estate agents listening to the podcast right now, your ears just got all perked up and got excited. But hold on a second here. We're talking about it from uh, an investment perspective, a lifestyle perspective, a cash flow perspective. And now we're talking to homeowners who want to upsize, those who want to keep their real estate, but maybe it doesn't make sense, those who own investment properties where it makes sense. And we're really just trying to run through different scenarios and why you should really just consider letting go of that piece of real estate. Uh, sometimes it can drag you down. Sometimes it's a great opportunity to cash out and so forth. So Derek and I did a little bit of a summary on reasons why a homeowner and investor may want to let go, might want to let go of the real estate and what you should do if you are doing so. We also talked a little bit about what to look for when it comes to a real estate agent who's helping you make those decisions. And if you ever need a recommendation to a real estate agent, make sure to reach out to us here at Thrive Mortgage Co. at the YBR Remo Show because we've worked with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of agents on an annual basis at this point right now. We've worked with uh, over 100. And I, I can safely say that we definitely work with some of the best of the best and we're fortunate to do so. So we can make introductions and recommendations if you are a homeowner looking for some help buying or selling. Getting into the episode today, you've got myself, Alex McFadden. You've got Derek Williamson. We're the partners here at Thrive Mortgage Co. And our primary focus is helping you create wealth in real estate. If you have been listening to the show for a while, or if you haven't, make sure to leave us a review on podcasts, sorry, on Apple Podcasts. Really simple. Just go to Apple Podcasts, go to the very bottom, leave a review. Hopefully, it's a five-star rating. And you know, if it is, great. And we'll love you for it. And we'll send you this uh, delightful Thrive Mortgage Co. Uh, mug along with some coffee from our friends at Republica Roasters. We've also had a few people, a few people reaching out lately about uh, finding out how to get started with a pre-approval, how to get started with investing. Just go to find us on our website, thrivemortgage.ca. Let us know what your questions are and we'll do our best to help you out. If you're on IG, send us a, a quick note on the Instagram platforms and we'll get you started from there. Anyhow, without further ado, enjoy today's episode and we'll see you on the other side. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket, create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. All right, guys, welcome back to the episode. Um, uh, you got Derek uh, Williamson, myself, Alex McFadden, hanging out here, uh, working with you guys, I guess talking to you guys about uh, the market and when to sell, when not to sell your home, your investment property, your land, whatever it is. Uh, we're in the middle of, we can talk about this, we're in August right now, 2021. And obviously the market all year has been crazy. So the trends are there, but you know, the news has been recording over the past or reporting over the past few weeks that the market's slowing down, things are changing. We haven't experienced that per se. Um, but typically we see things roll back up and get really busy in the fall. And so because of that, a lot of people are starting to ask questions around selling their real estate and starting to reach out slowly around selling their home, uh, upsizing their home, 
uh, selling their investment property, letting go of land, like a little bit of everything is what we've seen lately. And the reason that we have this topic today, which is when it makes sense to sell your real estate or when you should consider selling your real estate is because frankly, we think people should as much as possible keep your real estate, like hold on. But there are circumstances that that basically do not agree with that statement. So we want to make sure that people know that there are some other options here. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people go into like their next home purchase with the mindset that they have to sell. Like most people just think I have to sell my house to buy my new house, to buy the bigger house, to get into the detached. Right. Um, and a big part in working with us is we make sure to do a really, really in-depth analysis to see if there is any way to maintain that existing property as an investment uh, because you know real estate as a whole if you look at the history of especially where we live in the lower mainland uh, it's been a massive massive asset for people which can really change your life in regards to retirement and just overall wealth yeah yeah absolutely and, and so we're going to break off this show into a, a few a few key components one of those is knowing when to sell uh, and, and just basically kind of counterintuitive to our argument of keeping and holding and maintaining your property. Uh, the other one will be a little bit more about investment properties, like specific around investment properties and when you may want to consider it. We can have some other experts come on at a later time, but we're going to walk through what we've seen and what makes sense from that perspective. Um, and then just closing thoughts on, you know, just the market moving forward and, and what to look for when we have a really interesting market, which we've never really had before. So, I, I mean, I think the first thing right off the bat is I'm very public on a lot of my social media. I post a lot on my social media about never selling your property. Obviously, there's no no such thing as a blanket statement. You can't make a blanket statement per se, but you got to attract attention. And I think generally speaking, again, I started off the episode by saying we want to keep your real estate as long as we can. It's an appreciating asset for the most part. However, let's talk about the independence of where that doesn't make sense. So Derek, why don't we talk a little bit about just homeowners, generally speaking, who are looking to make a move or buy another piece of real estate and when it could make sense for them to let go of a property just from that perspective alone. I think the biggest one is you quite literally like you just have to sell because you need all of the equity in your home to create your down payment on the next property. Like maybe you don't actually qualify to buy that next home with the amount of equity that you could extract if you were just to refinance and try to keep the current property. It's a huge one, right? You know, you, you get someone going from maybe a condo or a townhouse and trying to get into a de detached home. Um, detached homes are well over a million dollars for the most part around here and that means you need 20% right so if you don't have 20% in equity that you can tap into by refinancing and keeping your property then you're pretty much forced to sell right unless bank and mom and dad want to help out or if you have some cash savings laying around so equity is the biggest one that we see quite a bit of uh, people just need to get uh, access to 100% of the equity in their home for their down payment on the next one. Yeah, let's let's unpack that a little bit. So we talk a lot about uh, helping people leverage their existing real estate to purchase a second piece of real estate. And essentially what we're suggesting, what Derek is suggesting that if you do not have the ability to pull amount, that amount of equity, which is equal to 80% of today's property value, to achieve your home ownership goals, then you very likely would need to sell your piece of real estate or property, assuming you can't come up with cash from another source in order to get that extra cash to purchase your next home. The 20% rule is an interesting one. That was 2016, I believe, when that rule came in. Can you recall the dates on that, Derek? Yeah, it was somewhere in that time frame. It, which is surprising to a lot of people that we talked to who bought homes before 2016 or 2015 when you could put less than 20% down on homes over a million bucks. 
uh, that's a there's no that like that's a hard line rule for conventional institutions or banks or lenders of that nature. You cannot purchase a property conventionally speaking with less than twenty percent down. So that alone, I can account I can count probably at least twenty people this year where they wanted to keep their real estate, but simply because of that twenty percent rule, there was no way around it because they didn't have family help support. They didn't want a joint venture with other people. So for that perspective alone, it made a lot of sense for them to to let go and uh, release release that piece of real estate. Yeah, we don't want this to come off as like a negative thing either, right? These people are able to reach their goals because they've made money on their existing real estate and they're getting into their detached home, which is, you know, maybe a 10-year plan. It's better for their family. So it's awesome seeing people um, actually able to make this happen based on equity. And of course, like we say, you know, if you can maintain it, there can be some benefit there. But these people are still able to achieve their goals. Yeah, thanks for saying that. Again, uh, ultimately, you've done well in real estate, which is what's allowing you to make that leap up from uh, from one home to the next and put you in a good position here. Um, let's talk about debt payouts. So one of the uh, fabulous things of equity and being able to access it, whether it's through a refinance or a sale of a property is is quite simply, you make the difference between what your home is worth now and what you bought the home for, or what you owe on the home, I should say. So in a lot of circumstances, we've seen family, whether it's through it's their own means of acquiring, you know, uh, cars or trucks or credit cards or lines of credit. Maybe there was something that happened in their lives, but people take on debt. And I mean, the pandemic was obviously not very helpful for a lot of families that were out of work for a long time. We've seen a lot of people look to consolidate that debt. But one uh, way that it stopped people from being able to keep uh, their existing real estate where it makes more sense to let go for the same reason in terms of accessing that equity is actually paying out debt car loans, credit cards, lines of credit, that sort of thing. And in some circumstances, like to be clear, it, it, it does make sense to clear off those debts. So if we're talking about credit cards at 20%, car loans, you know, the, the payments could be 800 to $1,000 on a truck loan where it maybe only has $25,000 left and that $25,000 in the mortgage is worth 100 bucks a month. From a lifestyle perspective alone and releasing yourself of all the stress of that debt, it may make sense to sell that property and still achieve your goals of buying another piece of real estate too. Yeah, absolutely. Really good point. Another thing to consider on a primary residence is uh, the growth, like the equity, the appreciation is non-taxable, right? So that can be really beneficial. Um, you know, if, if you maybe some, I've had some people sell property because they need to invest in business, right? Um, and if you can gain access to hundreds of thousands of dollars, sometimes tax free, it can obviously be a, a real life changing situation. Yeah. And, and to unpack that a little bit more, because I, I, a lot of people are confused about what, what we're talking about when we say uh, tax free or non taxable. As of today, in 2021, uh, in August, uh, we currently do not get taxed on selling our own primary uh, residence or primary or principal property, uh, you would get taxed on other options or other properties such as uh, your investment property and otherwise, but your primary residence is, is non-taxable. Uh, we had a guest on Tony Spagnolo in a previous episode who mentioned that uh, it's possible that we could see a government change where they decide to change that in the future. So definitely look out for that. But right now, that's massively impactful. And the business note, just speaking about that alone, you know, Derek, we've we've actually seen clients who have taken a huge risk and they didn't have enough equity. Again, they pu couldn't pull more than the 80% out of their home, uh, invested into a business and that business is now obviously doing very well for them. And so good point in bringing that out. That can make a huge difference. You're betting on yourself in that case. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. And then I think you just have the little kind of housekeeping items, right? Like some people I've, I've seen them, they just absolutely hate their neighbor. Uh, they've bought in a bad complex that has a bad strata. Maybe there's an upcoming assessment that they can't afford. There's a lot of uh, like clerical items, I guess you could say that, you know, a property just might not work for somebody. And they quite literally like they don't want to maintain it. They want nothing to do with that property, those, na- those neighbors anymore. And it just makes sense for them to sell and move on. And, you know, back to Alex's point of the lifestyle component, right? Like, you live there, you spend a lot of time in your home. So you got to make sure it's somewhere that you're comfortable and, and, and happy. Yeah. And thanks for bringing that up. So again, more on the owner occupied or, or just the primary residence situation, we're kind of leaking into the, to the investment piece here. But um, you know, what if you own a piece of real estate in a strata, and you know, for a fact that uh, well, as much as you want to rent that out, and you want to keep that property, you know, for a fact that there's some major upcoming issues or repairs on that property, whether it's roof, replacements, maybe you know of, um, you know, water, uh, windows, all these big ticket items for certain circumstances, whether it's you wanting to, you know, keep this property as investment or a second home or whatever you want to do. Sometimes it just makes sense to cut your losses and and get out. And I wouldn't even say cut your loss at that point, because you might know in advance of, of these repairs and someone might be willing to buy that building or that property knowing about these situations. Um, that That's a key component. And I guess I'm kind of leaking into the investment space right here because I personally kind of experienced and had to run, you know, some of the break evens on some numbers of a strata property myself. And it does make sense for you to let go. If you know, let's say it's going to be 10 or 15 or $20,000 and you're not going to want to or have access to that 10, 15 or $20,000 plus the two, three years where you can't refinance that property which is a whole other issue. And then to add on to it, finding a tenant when a building is going through a major renovation, like a building envelope renovation can be a challenge. You might have to get a discounted tenant during that timeline. Yeah, I mean, the investment piece is huge, right? And property issues, tenants, sometimes you you hit the jackpot and you get a perfect tenant, they stay there forever and they, you know, they, they pay a high dollar and, and perfect. But we've seen a ton of situations where, you know, you're dealing with nightmare tenants that stop paying and, and sometimes it's just too much, right? And I think that's what some people, they kind of underestimate the whole rental property component, um, thinking it's going to be very hands-off. And like I say, sometimes it is, and sometimes it's an absolute nightmare. You know, you could have a property and in Chilliwack and live in North Vancouver. And if you're trying to manage that property, like you're driving out there when the when the stove breaks, right? Like you're driving out there to show tenants. It can be a pretty big uh, issue if it's not going as smooth as you had hoped. Yeah, and so to be clear, we're not telling in this, the whole point of this conversation here isn't to say you should sell your home. In fact, we're still gonna be a huge proponent of trying to keep your real estate, but just to keep in mind these little things. So if you, let's let's put some perspectives so well, the most common situation that we see where people don't sell their real estate uh derek is where we have a client who's um bought a piece of real estate and they live in it and they've gained a whole bunch of equity they use that money they pull the ec- equity out of it so a refinance take 80 percent of the property value and they buy a second piece of real estate keeping their first one so again still a great strategy still something to consider but you have to do this due diligence in advance because again when it is your primary residence if it is something that's going to have issues, whether it's, you mentioned, um, you know, maybe a bad area or an area you just can't or don't feel comfortable traveling to, or you don't wanna hire a property manager for whatever reason, um, or the strata is not good, like obviously these things, then it makes sense to offload that property when you're not taxed, um, because obviously you get access to the cash, maybe that allows you to convert your your money into uh, a different piece of real estate, of course, there. we didn't talk too much about equity growth uh, on that property in that real estate, but I think it would be really good for us to know, 
one of the other things, although we can never time the market, so don't even think about trying to time the market. It's just, man, who who would have guessed that in you know April through June of 2020 would have been a fantastic, fantastic time to buy real estate when everybody, you know, especially including CMHC, was predicting the market to drop off a cliff, right? But there are certain stages where real estate goes through uh, static growth, meaning it doesn't change much because it went through a substantial amount and now it's just hanging out. Um, you know, there's different various examples of that uh, throughout the lower mainland, Vancouver, uh, all over the British Columbia and really Canada region where we see booms and then we see things kind of hang tight, even with just minor returns over a period of time. Again, knowing that we can't judge the specifics as to how much that property is going to go up in value, it's worth considering letting go of that piece of real estate if you've already seen tremendous growth and you already look around the neighborhood and you already see it all built up and they've already... Uh, the gentrification has already occurred, this sort of thing. What are your thoughts on that, Derek? Oh, for sure. And especially if it's in a hot market where there's <clears throat> multiple offers and you know the property values have already risen dramatically and, and there could be even more... Um, there could be even more funds there just based on the market that you're selling into and for sure. And then it kind of rolls into opportunity costs, right? Like if, if you've gained $100,000 on a property in eight months, is that money best suited in that property, right? Like maybe there's another opportunity at hand that you could go and purchase a, who knows, a cabin that you could Airbnb that's going to bring in way more income, right? So you just have to kind of weigh the options. I would say that if you're going to sell <clears throat> a rental property that's cash flowing a bit or even just covering its cost, but you have no plans for that money, that's hard to justify. Like that's a hard sale to justify in my opinion, because if you put money in the bank, especially right now, probably the worst thing you can do, right? With inflation doing what it's doing, um, I would say that if you plan on freeing up funds, you should try to have some sort of a plan with that money, whether you're investing with a, you know, a MIC or, or just a financial advisor as a whole, I do think you need to have plans with the money if you're going to sell. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that word up there, opportunity cost. And that's something that every, every person that's thinking about investing in real estate first time, third time, you know, 10th time should be very, 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 very familiar with. Like a couple of examples would be like one location versus another, as we're just talking about right now, like letting go and selling that piece of real estate because there's a better opportunity to grow another area. Um, opportunity costs, maybe maybe the property that you own right now, you want to do Airbnb, you can't do Airbnb, so you need to sell that and purchase a piece of real estate that allows the Airbnb uh, real estate and, and, and on and on and on and on. But I think at the end of the day is, is don't lose out on having an investment in place like you mentioned, like make sure that you are still invested in one way or another. You got to know when to tap out, you got to know when to move out, you got to know when to consider, you know, this is probably not the right region, area, location. Uh, locale or whatever it is. Um, one other thought there, and I'm kind of traveling down this road right now, which is uh, rebalancing your portfolio. And I mean, we talk about this when it comes to stocks and, and, and mutual funds and things of that nature, bonds, whatever, right? But in real estate, it's not common that I, I'd say entry level, you hear people talking about their portfolios or balancing their portfolios or, or those sort of things. But I think what I've noticed is that um, there are uh, obviously a lot of different ways to invest in real estate. However, for some people, they're balanced too heavily in areas of real estate that they're not comfortable in, don't enjoy, or aren't earning them good ROIs, which kind of comes back to opportunity cost to a degree. But maybe you're actually best suited to run Airbnbs as an example, yet you have you know a, a whole bunch of long-term, you know, low cash flow appreciating properties. So again, looking at what's important for your portfolio, whether it's just massive cash flow, whether it is appreciation, more hands-on, less hands-on, 
Um, it, I think it's really important to, just for you to start to consider where your portfolio is best held. And that's something I think you should do on a, almost like an annual basis, just like working with an investment advisor or financial planner in your, in your cash. Yeah. And you should go into an investment property with some sort of a plan. Just like if you work with an investment or financial advisor, they have a plan with you and your money timelines. Uh, and you know, if, if you are buying an investment property and you have a specific goal, maybe you want to gain a hundred thousand dollars in equity, right? And if that happens in six months, you've achieved your goal and, and maybe you should feel confident selling and moving on to the next thing, right? If it takes five years, you should probably stay there and try to achieve your goal with that property. Um, I just think that's really important because selling a property and moving is not cheap anymore. You know, like with the the, the values of homes where we live, it, you, you spend a lot in real estate fees, uh, legal fees, mortgage penalties, property transfer tax, insurance, just everything you can imagine, right? It, it can work out to a pretty dramatic bill if you're constantly selling properties every year, two years, three years. So you should try to have a pretty confident plan in place um, before just kind of selling at limb all the time. Yeah, I would agree with that. So let's just talk about the process of, of making this decision and deciding to sell a piece of real estate. So again, typically we do an analysis with our clients to understand their current situation. So if you're working with us, we're going to put together a detailed summary of your existing equity in your property, you know, your current mortgage payments, and we should have a conversation about what it would look like to keep or let go of this property before we get into all the ins and outs of the subjective matter. Looking at moving forward and, and working with uh, a real estate agent or someone who could represent you in your sale, I think is a big decision. And I know we have a lot of real estate agents that listen to our podcast. So some are really going to appreciate this and others maybe not so much. I think if you're the person that's maybe not really sure what you should be doing and you're trying to be comfortable with uh, the agent you're working with, first of all, do your due diligence. But a big thing for me is when you're working with that agent, are they asking you questions around this or bringing up things around this as they're selling the property? Like, are they suggesting, hey, have you thought about keeping this piece of real estate and what that would look like and helping you understand the reasons why? Not telling, getting them to tell you why you should keep it, but suggesting certain reasons. Alternatively speaking, you know, if you're working with someone as a, a real estate agent and they're bringing up, hey, like, I like the idea of you keeping real estate. What if we were to adjust it here and they bring up sound reasoning around location, again, issues with strata, these sorts of things, then I feel like you can be really comfortable. But realistically, what you really need to be thinking about or looking for is, is someone asking you those questions. So if you're a real estate agent and you're listening to this right now, you, you really need to be thinking about going into these conversations with people instead of just thinking, how do I just sell this home? Think about what's the best thing for my client to keep or let go. And if you are going to suggest that they let go, aside from the personal matters, be specific in the reasons why and do your research, know the area. They'll thank you for it and they'll probably never go anywhere else. Yeah, I agree. Good point. And another thing is figuring out costs, right? That's a big one. Mortgage penalties. You, you want to do a really detailed breakdown and budget of what you're going to spend <clears throat> to sell this property. And you also want to get pre-approved for the next one. If your plan is to buy another property, same process as always. You got to get pre-approved, figure out costs before you pull the trigger. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. That's a huge part of the picture, a huge part of the picture. I mean, uh, Derek, we talked about it probably, I don't even know at this point, 100 different times on our, our podcast around bank prepayment penalties. And if you're nine months away from not having to pay a $25,000 penalty on a $400,000 mortgage because you took the five-year fixed mortgage rate, yeah, you want to look at that as part of your decision. Should I sell? Should I not sell? So, I mean, kind of looking through the, the notes of the episode right now, I want to be ultra clear. We're not pe telling people that we're proponents of selling or not selling your real estate. In fact, as I mentioned right off the hop, 
a big part of what we try to do is to help people keep and maintain real estate. Heck, we've done it and we implore a lot of our clients to continue to keep their real estate as much as they possibly can. But what we are suggesting is to take an educated approach to look at all the parameters around how you use your money. And if there's one thing that I would take from this episode, if I were you listening right now, is what Derek mentioned about opportunity cost. If you don't do this, what or sorry, if you do this or don't do something, what could you be doing otherwise? Basically, if you've got access to this cash and you could make more money, then you should be considering that as an option uh, uh, moving forward. Yeah, that's huge. And like I say, I mean, um, I'm not an economist, but I do understand that having cash in a bank account right now is probably one of the worst things you can do. <clears throat> if it's not invested, everything is rising in yeah. value everything yeah. is rising in value but the dollar is not right so if you're not invested in the markets that are rising your dollar is yeah. shrinking hey a lot of our clients are interested about learning just the basics of how to buy their first investment property a lot of people are interested in learning about how to buy second third fourth and fifth now listen to our uh, podcast there's a bunch of great episodes in the back in the uh previous episodes about whether it's construction buying multifamily, buying Airbnb, all sorts of fun stuff. And we're going to continue to bring you more. But if you're interested in learning more about real estate investing, please reach out to us at Thrive Mortgage Co. at the YVR Remo Show on Instagram. And we'd be happy to make introductions to people that we think would be a good fit for you. Uh, we're also planning to host some uh, entry level and specific content and uh, webinars going forward. So if you're interested in that sort of information, please do reach out to uh, the team here at Thrive so we can take real good care of you and uh, get you going moving forward. Any last words, Mr. Derek? No, I think you wrapped it up pretty well, my friend. That's good. Leave us that five-star review. Have a fantastic morning, evening, day, wherever you are, whenever you are. Thank you for listening.